0: This is The Achievers, where we find and elevate the stories of brilliant people. My name is Dax Hammond, and I'll be your host today. Today, we're joined by a great achiever, Pamela Mass Garrett, author of Legally Ever After. Pam, welcome to the studio.
1: Thank you, Dax. It's great to be here.
0: Now, Legally Ever After is a really great name. Tell us a little bit about what it is and what you want people to know from your book.
1: Yeah, so Legally Ever After is a book to help parents protect their kids' Happiness and future. And it's a six step plan. And why I wrote it is I had so many young families reach out to me asking me. I'm an estate planning attorney. I serve families with uh, helping them protect their loved ones. And I got asked a lot what is a book you recommend? And a lot of the books out there um, really speak to people that are retirees, you know, people, they don't speak to business owners, they don't speak to entrepreneurs, they don't speak to young parents. And so really creating a resource for parents to know exactly what to do, and to keep it simple.
0: Mm. What are the main triggers that cause somebody to finally get themselves in gear and think about protecting these things? Obviously, having children is one, but what are the others?
1: Yeah. So lately, actually, I've heard from a lot of parents in my practice that they're planning family vacations, right? And they're thinking about um, being on the road or being away from their kids. And they're having that moment of, oh, my gosh, what if something were to happen to me? I don't have something in place. What do I need to do to get started?
0: So they're going on vacation, they're worried about something happening to the kids. I think a lot of people assume an estate plan is just about what happens to the money. What sort of things do you help them create to alleviate those worries?
1: Yeah. So when it comes to the book and what I do, um, the book kind of lays out a six-step plan. So a lot of parents, a lot of times when they hear the word estate planning, you know, there's a lot of myths they think it's only for multi-billionaires or mm-hmm. multimillionaires, but Um, Really, estate planning is for everyone. If you are alive, you need some type of plan of what would happen. And so the plan kind of starts out, the acronym is LEGACY. So the each step is L-E-G-A-C-Y. So the first step is long-term guardians. Naming long-term guardians to care for your kids, um, both long-term and short-term. Who would raise your kids if you could not?
0: Mm, Okay, so we just recently went through this sort of process. And, you know, it is one of those, um, it is one of those processes, I think, where often as parents, we wake up at two in the morning, worrying about what happens if I didn't wake up tomorrow, or what happens if something happens to me on vacation. And then yet, people procrastinate still over it, just as I did for months and months, sometimes years and years before they do it. And I think in part because it feels daunting, it might even feel sad to think about. Is there a is there a logical first easy step that somebody can take?
1: Yeah. So and I think you hit on something that I hear often is this idea. Estate planning is one of those things that people tend to put off until it's too yeah. late. And a lot of people um, when I hear from them, it's someone they know passed away unexpectedly. And that was like that wake up call for them of like, oh, I need to put something in place. Or I saw someone do it really great. Or my family went through it. Um, As far as like a first easy step, I always say, you know, if something were to happen to you, do your loved ones know what you have and where it is? And so putting together a folder of your retirement account information, your bank account information, your life insurance. Um, One of my colleagues, her father passed away unexpectedly and he had nothing in place. And it took her two years of going through all of his mail, going through his um, computer files, trying to find all of his assets. And she couldn't find everything and she still doesn't know if she has everything. Here in Colorado, where I'm based, there's 500 million in unclean property. In California, there's 9 billion. It's really common that things get lost when you pass away. So just grabbing that file folder, getting the first page of everything, and then tell someone you love and trust, hey, if something were to happen to me, this is where all my important papers are. That's a really good first step. Mm -hmm. And then when you meet with a lawyer like me, you have everything organized to have that conversation.
0: Now, with Legally Ever After, you've talked a lot about families. Are you seeing the general accepting age of having to deal with estate planning, come down or is it still mostly people closer to retirement and then some people in the younger generations who think about this?
1: Yeah. So I would say, you know, my practice, it's 50, 50. I probably have 50% of my clients are under the age of 40, 50% are over the age of 40. Um, But there was a few recent articles that have shown that millennials have increased their rate of doing estate planning and they do estate planning right now at a higher rate than older generations. So Mm -hmm. I think Um, When it comes to legacy, when it comes to putting plans in place, when it comes about planning for our death, the millennial generation are putting plans in place at an unprecedented rate because they really do care about it.
0: The millennial generation is an interesting one, right? Because as we sit here today, they're 42 at the upper age in terms of... uh, uh, age and at the lower end, they're in their late, mid to late 20s. We often, I think, the millennial term has hung on and constantly meant younger and younger people, but really, as a generation, they're late 20s to 42. Almost a third of them have lost one parent already, which is, of course, a major trigger. And of course, they're one of the generations in recorded history that women are having children on their own more and more and so therefore they are worrying that if something happens to them there isn't a partner there who is co-parenting those children with them so i suppose that will contribute a lot to them deciding to tackle this are they then encouraging their parents to do it because as a generation they're also due to inherit more wealth than any generation before
1: yeah so a lot of people talk about that as a sandwich generation that but- um, the, the people of this age, they have minor children or children that are coming into early adulthood. Um, and then they also have parents who they're taking care of. Right. And so they're kind of sandwiched in, um, of, of doing that. And I do come across that where I have clients who come in and we go through the process and they're like, wow, my parents need to update their plan or my parents need to put an estate plan in place. And, you know, there was the silent generation, which was my parents' parents' generation, my grandparents' generation, wow. which really didn't like to talk about these things. And then the parent, my parents' generation, which is the baby boomer generation, I feel like it's a mix. Like some people are really tackling it and getting plans in place, but statistically, it's still, you know, only about 30% that has an estate plan in
0: place. I'd love to see the difference in country. So I'm originally from England, obviously, and in England, I think we certainly have a reputation for being a little bit more conservative, a little bit more silent. I know my parents and a lot of their friends certainly would never have talked about wealth or money or, or planning to end degree. I wonder to what extent that's that's different. Is there a big difference in the country here?
1: As far as like across the country or yeah. from here internationally?
0: No, across the country, across the U.S., state by state, do you hear that the behaviors are very different?
1: I do think so. I mean, I think there's, um, I I mean, anecdotally, and I'm I'm in a lot of different groups with different types of um, attorneys. So I think we talk a little bit about smaller towns versus larger cities. And then we talk about different demographics. Um, I'm in Colorado, which is, you know, kind of a good mix. Like we have some smaller towns that have farming communities that have family owned businesses that they want to pass on. Um, And then we have kind of more of our metropolitan areas where we have more of those kind of business owner, entrepreneurial um, putting plans in place. But I do think I mean, I think it varies across um, the country as far as comfort level talking about death. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's changing. Like I think more and more people like we've seen are, are just more comfortable about realizing that it's an important piece.
0: And that it's not so scary, and it's okay to talk about. You mentioned there talking about those um, people coming in and recognizing that their parents need to update their plans. What triggers the need for an updated plan?
1: Yeah, so I'm always trying to design plans for my clients that will last for a long haul. So they're not always having to come back and work with an attorney, but there's just life events. And in my book, I have a life event checklist of when you should update it. Um, But things like, you know, a new marriage, a new child, Um, changes in business ownership, and then asset changes. Those are things when you probably want to take a look. Um, Normally, I want to hear from my clients at least every three years as a check-in with them. Um, But those types of events, I do have a checklist in the book to trigger.
0: That's interesting. So with Legally Ever After, what's the sort of main one or two things that you really hope people learn from reading it?
1: Yeah, so the book itself, the name is a play off the Cinderella story. And so we all remember the Cinderella story and and kind of what happened. And the idea is your kids, they don't need a fairy godmother. They don't need a prince that saved the day. They need you to get the tools in this book and put together an estate plan to protect them. And it's even though kind of the Cinderella story is something that, you know, we all grew up with as a fairy tale, many families across the country and the world Um, Many kids go through what happened to Cinderella, where their parents pass away, there's a blended family, there isn't any plan in place, and assets don't pass how we want that people go into court. So I think the takeaway that I want for people to hear is that, you know, it's not something overwhelming. It's something that can be simplified. And that's the goal of this book is to really make it accessible, to make it easy. Um, I share a lot of stories, a lot of examples, and that you know, take that first next step and get your family protected.
0: If people don't buy the book, if people don't learn these things, if they don't put these plans in place, what are the consequences they need to be aware of that can happen if they pass without a plan?
1: Yeah. So if you pass without a plan, the state that you're in has a plan for you and you're really putting it in the government's hands. And that default plan is probate. And that's often referred to as a lawsuit against yourself for the benefit of your creditors. That doesn't sound good to any of us. Um, It's really costly. It causes a lot of conflict. It costs a lot of time. It's very public. And so the default plan is actually a lot worse than putting a plan in place.
0: Mm, Okay. And that might involve child custody, not just what happens to finances.
1: Yep. So, you know, the default in an emergency situation, which is why in the book I talk about naming short-term guardians, in an emergency, only a blood relative can take temporary guardianship of minor children. So if you live somewhere where you don't have family members that live close by that can take temporary guardianship or you have people that you don't really trust, um, then it's going to be a really scary situation for most kids. They're going to be in child protective services until... Um, the court system gets involved and so we really want to put together an emergency response plan we want to have short-term guardians whether those are friends or neighbors or family members that that information is accessible and that they have the right paperwork and then you can put in control instead of the court or the government making a decision of who's going to raise your kids you make that decision and for a lot of us you know what might look good on paper or might, who may show up in the courtroom, if you don't have a plan in place, might not be who we'd want, and it might not be who the judge would choose. So really making sure it's really about that control element.
0: A lot of families today, of course, are blended families with step parents, stepchildren, half children, et cetera, half children. You know what I mean? Um, is there any Is there any sort of special considerations there you generally advise families in those circumstances?
1: Yeah. So I work with a lot of blended families and really the default is going to be a big mess, right? It's going to be court involvement. It's going to be assets going, you know, in a way that might not be fair and might not be something that you want. I mean, and that's kind of what happened with the Cinderella story, right? We know kind of what happened there that um, she lost both of her parents and her her stepmom was in control of everything. And so we really want to make sure that you put together a plan that's based on the goals of your family. And that might be um, giving a certain amount of money outright up front to your kids right away so that there's not as much stress on the step-parent um, that might involve separating assets ahead of time or getting on the same page with your partner or on how assets should be split between different children um, and really making sure that if there are certain family assets that need to stay in the family, like real estate or things like that, that there's a plan in place that everyone respects. And so that afterwards, there's not a lot of infighting. There's not a big conflict. It's not very costly.
0: Mm, okay. Is there anything else you'd like our audience to know before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, they they can get a free um, chapter of my book on our website at lawmother.com forward slash LEA.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Pam. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks so much, Dax.